0: Hey, this is Mike Straka, a veteran MMA journalist. You're listening to the Pro Sports Podcaster Show.
1: We are the Pro Sports Podcasters, where no sport is left behind.
2: It's time for another episode of the Pro Sports Podcasters with your hosts, Nee Wallace-Bruce, Colbert Durand, and Justin Williams. On this podcast, we have guests from all over the world covering every sport from artistic gymnastics to weightlifting. We are something for every sports fan on PSP. Whether your interests are the athletes playing the game, the coaches, or the media, we've got
1: you covered. Fun and informative. Honest and engaging. You won't want to miss a single episode. So let's kick this off.
2: Hey and welcome back to another episode of the Pro Sports Podcasters. I'm one half your host, Justin Williams. And today, you know... Guys, you know, you know, I'm never alone. Knee doesn't really like working with me for some reason. So I have the other guy today, the man, the myth, the legend, the one who writes every NFT article that we post on prosportspodcasters.com, which we send out to our newsletter, which, by the way, if you have not signed up yet, go to our website, sign up. This man will tell you what you need to know about NFTs in the sports world, specifically for MMA, also now NBA, and so rare. And just, just join it. You guys know what you're talking about. Ladies and gentlemen, the man who, I guess, makes me sound better than what I usually do sound like, the man, the myth, the legend, Colbert
1: Durand. Kobe, how you doing? I'm good, buddy. And you sound fantastic to begin with, so there's very little editing involved.
2: Oh, thank you so much. <laughs> please tell all my ex-girlfriends that. I'm sure they will, I'm sure they will disagree. But one man who he has a final say in this matter, this man is a veteran MMA journalist, and he's the host of the Fighting Words on Mad Lab MMA. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Mike Straka. Mike, how you doing?
0: I'm great, guys. Thanks for having me on.
2: Anytime, anytime. Mike, we like to start from the beginning of time, kind of like the land before time, like Littlefoot and all them fun people. How did you get started in MMA? Were you bullied in school? Like, what happened?
0: <laughs> no, I've always been a martial artist. I've been, I was a martial artist when I was five years old. And then uh, I was a national Taekwondo champion in like 1992. And I, I fought a Muay Thai fighter. And I was really good. And I was 135, 135 pounds, featherweight. And I got my butt kicked. And I said, What the heck was that? This was the 92. And I was just first introduced to Muay Thai. And I was like, I got to learn that. And then, of course, I met Hanzo Gracie. And I started training in jujitsu. And, you know, all the while I was uh, working uh, as a journalist, I started at CBS News in 92, right out of college. And then I went to Fox News Channel in 96. And, I was uh, vice president of digital, so I ran foxnews.com. So I started my own little Fox fight game, Fox fight game show, which covered mixed martial arts. I started that in 2001. And uh, it was a hard sell trying to get the powers that be at Fox News to uh, let me cover this, what they called cage fighting. Mm-hmm. And uh, my first interview, and I, I always say this, it's in probably two of my books about MMA. My first interview was Randy the Natural Couture. And he was so eloquent. He was so eloquent and so smart, and easy spoken, and humble. And Roger Ailes, the head of Fox News Channel at the time, said, "Man, they're all like this." And I said, "Yeah, most of the guys are like this." And he's like, "All right, go ahead. You, you're allowed to cover it." And that's how I got covering. I, I always say Randy Couture was the reason why they let me cover mixed martial arts. So then I started covering MMA. I probably UFC 37 was my first uh, as a journalist, and then uh, I just. Boston from there uh, for a long time I was the only mainstream journalist covering MMA back then Ariel Hawani was on a, a house house taste my uh, my whatever the heck he called his website the Andre Arlowski joke house taste my peepee.com. that's what oh it was <laughs> so it was a long time ago uh, in 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 the MMA uh, in the MMA world so that's how I got started covering MMA but you know I've been training my whole life basically and I, I love it I, I wouldn't trade it for anything
2: that's uh that's a brilliant story. Kobe and myself also have experience in martial arts. I, uh, I'm a black belt in Goju karate. It took me 14 years and a dislocated shoulder, but, uh, I ended up doing it. And Kobe has been, you know, he's been in a bunch of dojos and trained a lot and quite a lot of bar fights up in Bolton, Ontario. Hey, Kobe,
1: not in Bolton,
2: not in Bolton. Okay. I'm sorry. Okay. <laughs> for a second, Mike, this guy's lived everywhere. Like you literally mentioned somewhere in Canada. and He's like, I've been there. <laughs> I've I lived there for three months. <laughs> it's like all right you know I, I
0: always like to tell i always like to tell people i have a 10th degree black belt in no can do <laughs> <laughs> oh my god <laughs> and that kind of disarms it. people that disarms especially when they're starting to fight like oh, i heard you're a fighter i'm like yeah I, I do no can do man i'm really good you better be careful <laughs> <laughs> and they're I'm like oh you oh, you're yeah.
2: yeah i might steal that <laughs> <laughs> oh you can have it
0: i stole uh-huh. it from somebody i'm sure
2: Oh, there you go. So since your interview with Randy Couture, have you spoken to him since? Have you guys met before? Have you been to his gym to train?
0: Oh, yeah. I've been to Extreme Couture many times. But yeah, I just spoke to him last week or two weeks ago. He was on my podcast. Randy, uh, my, I started this uh, the Fighting Words podcast with Mike Urada, Mad Lab MMA, uh, just three months ago. And uh, Randy was my first, uh, my first guest on the new show. So yeah, I mean, I've, I've done, you know, I had a show called Fighting Words on HDNet. That was the one-on-one interview show. Uh, I, that was the first show I did after leaving Fox News Channel. And then after that, I was on Spike TV doing MMA Uncensored Live, which I like to, I like to call it the, the show with, my host was Craig Carton. And uh, <laughs> literally the guys are, he's a, he's a football guy, football, baseball. I don't think he ever watched a fight in his life. You know what I mean? And he was my host and Nate Corey was my co-host. So I, I always said, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm playing a third fiddle to one guy who's never watched a fight and another guy who's been in way too many fights.
2: <laughs> that seems like a perfect Nate, pairing.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It was, it was a recipe for disaster. <laughs> <laughs> oh,
1: I love that. Yeah, Mike, so you mentioned you were competing in Taekwondo back in 92. So is, is that around the time that Mike Bernardo was winning all the weapons katas and such like that?
0: Yeah. Yeah, I read about that. And, you know, a little-known fact about Taekwondo is that Joe Rogan was a Taekwondo fighter in Jersey. I was, I was a Jersey guy as well. Okay. So Joe and I, we, we would always, like, cross-pair. I never fought Joe because he's a little heavier than me. Uh, but I trained with Herb Perez and Kevin Padilla and Mark Williams. They were all USA uh, Olympic team members. And I tell you what, I won a, I won a uh, tournament in college. It was called uh, the Ivy League Inter- uh, Invitational. It was up at Yale. And I was at Rutgers University. I was on a wrestling team there. And uh, I started the Rutgers Taekwondo Club. And I, I won this tournament. And this guy comes up to me. And he goes, hey, man, you're good, but you're not that good. And I'm looking at the guy like, I just won this tournament like easily. And I'm like, who the hell are you? He goes, I'm Herb Perez. I'm the captain of the USA Olympic Taekwondo team. I'm like, oh. And he goes, why don't you come train with me? So, so i did and i got my ass kicked probably for two years straight but i kept going back man and those guys you know i thought i was good but i really wasn't until i i really fought you know it was my first experience in full contact taekwondo fighting and it was great man i wouldn't trade it for anything and i just you know i kept going back and i got good and good and good so i just i i always credit those guys for making me
1: a, a really tough fighter right on so let's let's move forward let's talk about the UFC today. Let's talk about mixed martial arts today. And most recently, we had a very controversial decision, at least to some, in the main event, Kaikara France versus Amir Albazi. What did you think of that decision, first of all?
0: Well, it was a close fight, I'll give it. I mean, we knew it was going to be a close fight. Listen, I, I hate playing Monday morning quarterback with the judges. And, you know, we've done this for years. You know, and I hate to be cliche and quote Dana White, but you just can't can't leave it in the hands of the judges. I mean, Jim Miller Jim Miller knows that all too well, and he pretty much took it out of the hands of the judges. And I was so happy for Jim; he's an old friend of mine. But yeah, I mean, these things happen. Yeah, I thought France won, obviously, but you know, it is what it is. There's, and these things you can't do anything about. Like we can't complain about it. It's you know, even he came out. I think he was on uh, MMA fighting today, where he said, "Listen, it's you know, it is what it is. I just I'm not going to cry about it. I just got to move on." And I think we as fans and, and observers of the sport have to move on, too. I mean, we've had bad calls. We all know this. You know this. I know this. And every journalist. It happens all the time. And, you know, how many times can we, can we have this say, we sound like broken records. Uh, and, you know, I hate to say it, but the cliche is right. Dana's white. You can't leave it in the hands of the judges. It's a shame, too, because uh, at this point in the sport, what is it, 30 years old now? I mean, they should be a little better in the judging.
1: Uh, I, I'm sure you guys agree with that. Now, now here's the thing. Now, like you said, we can't do anything about it, but the organizations can, right? So, well, they really can't, though. It's the athletic commissions that are appointing the judges. Oh no, no, no! You, you can't do anything about the decision, but I'm saying you can do something about what happens next. So, what I'm, okay. ask, what I want to ask you is, in a situation like this, where you got a Murobotzi and he's saying, "Hey, that's the biggest win of my career. I, I, I want a title shot," but then you have most of the community. And probably the UFC brass thinking, well, you didn't exactly win it. Hmm. You can choose to treat Kaikara France like he won that fight, or you can choose to look at it as, oh, he got another loss in his record, so we'll just go from there. And to look at a little further back, it's a situation similar to, say, the Sean O'Malley Peter Yan fight, where a lot of people felt that Peter Yan won, but Sean O'Malley gets the victory. And now he's getting a title shot as a result of that. What do you think about maybe treating them the way the masses see them?
0: Well, then you're totally delegitimate uh, de- uh, or taking the credibility away from the judges. I, I don't know if I would think that's a good practice. You know, yeah, on one hand, you're right. I mean, in common sense, you're right. But then why have judges then ever if we're just going to take what they say and say, nope, we don't, dis- we don't agree with you, so we're going to give. Somebody else a title shot. I don't, I don't know. I don't know.
1: I think that's a slippery slope. Okay. All right. Justin?
2: I mean, I totally agree with that. It is a bit of a slippery slope. But there again, it's almost like no ref in the history of refing has gotten perfect. And, you know, FIFA is a prime example of, of how refs can just be blind sometimes. Now, we're going to kind of change gears a little bit to UFC 289, only because I'm really selfish and kind of want to ask this question ahead of time. The Canadian card It's going to be in Canada. We love this. What do you rate this card from zero to 10? Zero being, oh my gosh, what is this? And 10 being like, this is the best thing on the face of the planet.
0: Uh, I would rate it a seven, you know, just for the co main and the main. That's
2: what I was going to say. <laughs> now, keep in <laughs> mind, keep <laughs> my <mind>. co- Chloe's, <laughs> Chloe's pointed this out before. <laughs> At the time of this recording, everyone is healthy. I stress this on uh, June 5th, everyone's <laughs> healthy. Okay. We had already lost Charles and Dariush. Charles Oliveira and Benel Darius, they were supposed to fight earlier, but we got them on this card. Yay. yay! <laughs> if they weren't, on, and let's say in some parallel universe where they already fought and I guess Bilal wins, doesn't matter, but there's a different co-main, what would you rate this card? A four. Yeah, that's, uh, that, that's, that's what a lot of us online are, are thinking too. Uh, some people, according to like various Reddit threads, think it's like a two, and a lot of people are like, I'm only yeah. going to come in for the Charles fight.
0: I, I you know I feel bad for the UFC in a way, you know I I'm a media guy. I've been in television for 25 years, and you know I've been I've been an executive, so I, I'm privy to like these backroom conversations, and I know that the, when UFC signed a deal with ESPN, they promised a certain amount of fights. I mean, and I think we all we can all agree that it's a little oversaturated. There are sometimes I don't even know who the heck the fighters are, and. I'm like, I'm in the sport. You know what I mean? I've been covering the sport for a long, long time. And sometimes I'm like, who the hell is this guy? I'm like, I should know who this guy is. And I have no idea who he is. And I just think that at this point in the UFC's iteration, there, there's just too many fights that they ha- There's too many cards they have to fill. And they're filling it any way they can. And sometimes you end up with a bad card. You know, I mean, obviously there's cards that are sensational. But, you know, sometimes you get a card like this.
2: Exactly. Sometimes you get fight nights that are better than this. Arguably.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Like Saturday, like Saturday night is probably better than
2: this. (laughs) There you go. Yeah. I mean, look the Vittori fight. Exactly. (laughs) Oh, this hurts. So like, I love it. I wanted to come back to Canada, but I'm like, this is what you give us since GSP left. I think, you know, they kind of forgot we existed for the most part, but. I mean, even
0: look at Jim, I look at poor Jim Miller, his, his first opponent, you know, gets taken out of the fight. Then Jared Gordon says, Oh, I had a concussion a month ago or whatever it was. And it's just like, well, he, what, he didn't back out. He just said that. And then UFC had to take him out. Like, you can't say, Oh, I just, I cured myself of a concussion. It's like, really? (laughs) Are you a doctor? (laughs) He's like, well, I was in a hyperbaric chamber for, for six weeks. I'm, I'm fine. (laughs) Calm down. So, you know, I, I, yeah, I mean, I just think that these things happen all the time. and uh, late. But lately, like their talent pool, there's a lot of talent, but I think it's too big. You know, it's just there's too many. I think we're oversaturated. I really do. And, you know, you want to throw in 1FC and, and Bellator and, uh, you know, PFL. There's just so many fights now. And, you know, we're all going to be talking about Jake Paul uh, in UFC more than anything. You, you know, I, I just, yeah, I don't know, man it's 100% fair and i
2: mean i think what they should do to save this fight is Amanda Nunez should fight twice she should also defend <laughs> her featherweights but she should do that at the start of the of the the main You're so she walks up. out legitimately comes out dominates whoever they bring up from lfa or invicta whatever it is and it's like awesome yep, cool yep. cool she comes back with like maybe a light bruise on her right shoulder <laughs> nurses it and then comes back out and then you know just make just does her thing and then
0: I well, think I would save the when's last time When's the last mm-hmm. time that belt's been defended, anyway?
2: Oh, forever ago. Oh my! Don't ask me questions. <laughs> I, I, okay, <laughs> I'm gonna go check it out. Kobe, you you ask a question.
1: Yeah, okay, no, so it's it's like it's forever March 6th, ago. He's March sixth. March sixth.
2: Forever ago, man. <laughs> March sixth, 2021.
0: <laughs> <laughs> that's it. Yeah, that's a long time ago. <laughs> so yeah, I would I, I would I would welcome her fighting twice. That night. Okay. I really would.
2: Honestly, see what Megan Anderson's and, doing. You know,
0: of, of all the people that could do it, she could do it. Actually, hundred
2: percent. This is why we yeah, should be in could. charge of the UFC. <laughs>
0: Amanda <Yeah>. fight twice, <laughs> legitimately. And and her manager would go, okay, let's where do we let's negotiate.
2: <laughs> I mean, listen, right. Francis and Ganu is getting people paid a million dollars a fight. Listen, babe, you're fighting twice, four <laughs> million each. There you go.
0: Yeah. Good luck with that one. I didn't say I didn't say I was
2: going to be there long. I just said I would be there. <laughs>
1: yeah, for a couple of. Coffee. I'll tell you, man.
0: I <laughs> I, I, I think Angana I think Ghana did a good thing for the sport. I, you know. Oh yeah. I, I really do. You know, and I, of course, you know, I love racing. Randy, you know, Randy's part of the uh, PFL now too. So, or, so you know, I, I'm I'm a fan of those guys. I actually called uh, when it what what was it World Series of Fighting? I was like the in cage. Uh, reporter and ask questions af- uh, after the fight to uh, the very first NBC Sports uh, airing of World Series of Fighting. That was pretty cool. Uh, but Ray Sefo has been great to me and, and, and to the fighters. He kind of reminds me of uh, Scott Coker in that sense. I mean, both Ray and Scott are you know, very fair, uh, very uh, respectful of fighters. And I, I just think that uh, while they're, they're the number three, number two and three promotions, or, maybe, or you can argue maybe one, three and four, or, or maybe, you know, you know what I mean? I think has mm-hmm. done a great job, but yeah, sometimes being nice is not the answer. I think Dana has proved that. However, uh, you know, I, I do. I'm a big fan of Ray, and I'm a big fan of Scott. Uh,
2: they are they are very great people. I mean, Scott Croker did a great with Straight Forks as well until they evidently got bought out. But uh, that's you know no- that
0: Scott Coker was he was prom- he was promoting a PK uh, what was it a PKA Professional Kickboxing Association on ESPN back in like the eighties. I didn't know that. He's been doing this for a long, long time, yeah. Really? Yeah, Croker's been uh, promoting. Yeah, yeah. That's why he's got such a great relationship with the fighters. I mean, he's been doing this for many years, like long before MMA was was a thing. Damn, the more you know. (laughs) I only knew that because he told me that in an interview once. I didn't know it either until we told him. I think it was PKA, yeah.
2: Oh, okay. Do you talk to Croker still? Like, Have you had him on your podcast, or is he a guest coming up?
0: No, I haven't had him. I had him on my last podcast, but not this new one. Um, oh, I, mean, yes. I only do it once a, once a week, so it's not like I can I, I mean I got uh, Michael Chandler for for this week. can't my wait God. for that.
1: And, my God, yeah, God. He,
0: he's a great. yeah Well the good news I mean for me is I, I've been doing this for a long time, and I've got relations with i mean I, I spar with Michael Chandler, you know what I mean when he was fighting with Frankie, I'm from Jersey, and Frankie Edgar and I are pretty close, so he came down, it was he and uh, Michael Chandler, uh, Marlon Morales, Edson Barbosa, and we were all at nicotone's gym and sparring it was and it was the day after thanksgiving we all had thanksgiving dinner at frankie's house and the next day we're beating the crap out of each other <laughs> <laughs> Get
1: oh. a bucket ready, eh? <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah eddie alvarez was there it was it was it was eddie michael chandler edson barbosa marlon moreez frankie edgar uh, i think jimmy rivera was there and i was there but i'm you know obviously i'm not a professional MMA fighter, so I, I was i would say i'm a sparring dummy to those guys you know i just keep them warm while they're waiting for somebody else to jump in you know, remember, you guys know Frankie Perez? Yep. Frankie Perez, is a, he has a promotion called Dead Serious MMA, but he had one fight in the UFC. He won the fight and then retired. It's like <laughs> He had his, made his UFC debut and re, re, he said, my goal was to win a UFC fight. I did my goal. I'm, I'm out of this. And anyhow, my point is, uh, I was at Ricardo Almeida School. and We were doing a round, a round robin. And, and man, Frank, and I was doing the Spike TV show. So I was there. I think I was interviewing. I forgot who I interviewed that day there. There's always great fighters coming in and out of Ricardo's School. And uh, I did an interview, then I padded up, and Frankie Perez was beating the daylights out of me. And I'm like, dude, like, what are you doing? I'm like, you know I'm, a, I'm on TV. You know I'm like, I got to go and do a show tonight. And he's like, don't waste my time, Mike. You're in here. Don't waste my time. And they, in a way, I was kind of pissed, but it, I also understand what he's saying, too. He's like, he's training for a fight, and I'm in, I'm yeah. in there. He's going to beat the crap out of me. So I understood it at the same time I was he was beating the shit out of me, guys. I, mean, I was like, I'm like, oh my god! Even Frankie Edgar was like, Yo, Frankie, calm down, man! Don't beat up Mikey Straka. <laughs> and anyway, I'm a little guy too. I, I'm only five six, so I've, I've, I definitely don't have a reach advantage on these guys. Oh my! Seems like a life you live right there with
2: casually name dropping these UFC legends and just absolutely well, Jersey's going.
1: got a fleet of great fighters, man. Yeah, like, so many yeah. that came out of there.
0: Right. Yeah, there's a lot of good fighters, and I train at Hands you know, of Gracie Academy in New York. So you know, and any given day, there's Matt Sarah, George St Pierre, John Jones right. train in there. So like, you know, there's always always. And John Danaher's got the seven a.m. class, and it's like it's packed with like monsters. Gordon Ryan's in there. You know what I mean? It's just you. know, You walk into the room, and you're like totally humble. Just before you even walk into the locker room, you're like, oh damn. <laughs> You know, Kayla Harrison trains in there. You know, there's there's just people in there like you wouldn't believe.
2: BetUS Sportsbook is your ultimate destination for online betting.
1: With sports betting, live betting, racebook, online slots, and online casino. It's
2: available across the U.S. and Canada. Use the code PSP to receive a
1: massive sign-up bonus. Now, speaking of monsters, <laughs> i got to ask this question. So, we got a fight coming up. It's Alex Pereira versus Jan Blachowicz. First of all, who do you think is going to win that fight? And then secondly, what do you think happens to Alex Pereira after that?
0: Well, I think Pereira wins the fight. Oh. Uh, After that, that, I don't know what happens, to be honest with you. Because, you know, there's just so many – like, you know, you mentioned, can we just give somebody a title shot? Because even though he lost the fight – you know, the simple answer is, you know, I, I said that the judges would lose credibility, but it doesn't matter, you know, the, the promotions can do whatever they want. Yeah. You know, the rankings don't mean anything. Correct. Uh, and, and quite honestly, I, I don't even agree with interim belts. Like, I, I think interim belts hurt the sport. I really do. And, and, you know, but so if Pereira wins, I think, you know, he goes on and, and, and does, I, I don't know. I, listen, again, you know, here, we're playing a guessing game here, you know, like, Dane always says, "You guys don't know shit. Only we know what's going on," and he's right. You know, I, I can sit here and, and pontificate and, and make and speculate all I want, but it, what I say doesn't really matter
1: okay so but you're that's thinking... a lesson
0: that's a lesson that's a lesson i've learned through many years of covering the
1: sport <laughs> yeah anything can happen you get blindsided you know, I, I was
0: listening to i think i don't know which podcast of yours i was listening to but you were talking about losing your credential and i laughed my ass i forgot which one of you were saying it oh, they, they, were, they were asking you about uh, uh you know I forgot. Uh, you were uh, what, oh oh on the Engano signing of PFL, and would you ask Dana White that question? And one one of you guys <laughs> said, "Yeah, I'll ask it, but I'll I'll just burn my credential on the way out."
2: Exactly. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and we've all been through that. It just cracks me up, and everybody. It doesn't matter who you are. You could be the biggest guy in the sport. It doesn't matter. You, you know, you're you're at the at the whim of the of the bosses, and it's not just the UFC. It's every promotion. It's you know the the one the the one guy who is always really good with the media almost too good with the media because he loved to hear himself talk. And I don't mean that in a bad way, but was, was Bjorn Rebny. You know, mm-hmm. Bjorn was the CEO of Bellator for a long time. And yep. I remember once I was interviewing him, uh, you know, I had my ca- I had three cameras there and, and he comes and he sits down and I forgot he was doing his public relations. It was somebody nice. It was maybe Michael Frommel. It's a really nice guy. And I think he was just trying to maintain Bjorn's like schedule. And, you know, my, my interview with him was kind of like, you know, for, uh, spontaneous. I had my camera set up. I think I was interviewing, uh, maybe Eddie. Alvarez. I think Eddie Alvarez was fighting Michael Chandler or something like that. So I was interviewing Eddie, and then Bjorn came like, "Hey, Bjorn, you got five minutes to sit down," and he sat down. So I think Afrowitz came over and said, "Hey, Bjorn, you you know you got to do this other thing," and Bjorn went ballistic on him. And he's like, "I speak at the uh, request of the media or or at their whatever." I mean, he was just. But he, you know, Bjorn was always a guy, like he put a camera in front of him and he would stop and talk for hours. So it was great. It was great for, uh, for my content, but, uh, it's just, anyway, I don't even know why I brought that up. I think I'm talking, uh, I think Sabir's
1: talking right now. <laughs> no worries.
0: <laughs> yeah.
2: But, I mean, I totally, I could listen to you ramble all the time about this. Kobe and I are huge fans of kind of like behind the scenes. We're like, really? So if you ever come back to Toronto, we'll get you liquored up and just tell us all the stories that you oh, should dude, tell us.
0: Dude, it's. I was in Montreal, UFC ninety-seven. You want to hear a story? Sure, it was a fight Anderson Silva. Anderson Silva fought Talis Lattes, I think it was, or maybe it was, maybe it wasn't Talis Lattes. It, maybe I think he fought him in Abu Dhabi. Either way, he was fighting a Brazilian. I Forgot who it was now, but yeah, Canadians were were booing Anderson Silva. You know what I mean? How bad the fight was. So at, at the post-fight press conference, I asked the question. I said, "Hey, Anderson, do you have a mental block when you fight other Brazilians?" And I'm like. You know, and he goes, I don't understand the question. He goes, no entiendo la pregunta. And Ed Suarez, his uh, manager, was there. And Chuck Liddell got knocked out by Rich Frank- Franklin that night. And Liddell's sitting next to Suarez. So Suarez goes, next question. Somebody have a good question. Somebody don't, don't have a stupid question. Like, you know, trying to embarrass me. And then Chuck Liddell said, you know what, Mike? You try fighting a guy who's a grappler when you're a striker. And every time you move in, he jumps in the guard. And, you know, and it was this whole big thing. And Dana White shot Chuck a look because Dana actually liked my question because he wanted to know the same thing. Like, what the hell is wrong with you, Anderson? It was the worst fight. Like, I don't think Anderson Silva's ever been booed except that night.
1: I remember that fight. That was, that was the Damian Maya fight.
0: They, yeah, Damian Maya. Thank you.
1: Yeah, and Maya was sitting on his ass the whole time.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, and then Chuck, like, so, so the, and then everybody's like, way to go, Straka. You pissed off Chuck Liddell and Anderson Silva. So, anyway, the point of my story is I'm leaving the, the, what, what, the Bell Center. And it's like 1 30 in the morning now because after the press conference and now i'm by myself you know i'm walking to my hotel and it's dark and I, you know you know you guys you might know the bell center you're you're in canada so you, yep. you go out this you know the loading dock area and it's really dark there's not even anything around there you got to walk around the block to get to you know civilization again and as soon as i walk out here comes this black suv and it's anderson silva and his whole camp and they roll down the window and it's like yo mike and i'm like oh shit shit like i literally i was like i started walking really fast i'm like i'm gonna get my ass kicked and but you know and then and anderson like he's got such a good sense of humor next time i saw him he goes mike mike come here come here mike and he gives comes over and he gives me a big hug and kisses me on the head i was like oh thank god i guess we're over that i'm not gonna
1: get killed yeah. but i'm like
0: but all my friends are like really Are you gotta you got chuck liddell and Anderson. they got two of the toughest guys in the world pissed off at you right now I'm like, well, I said, if you're gonna piss somebody off, you might as well piss off the, you know, the top dog. That's right. So I've always been that guy. I've always been the guy that asks forgiveness instead of permission. That's how I got my show on Fox News. And, you know, I just started doing it. it. You know, thank God for Randy, but I could have gotten in trouble for that. You know, I just started. I was a weekend sportscaster, and there was a guy named Jim Byrne who was the PR guy for the UFC back in the day. And Jim, he had other clients, so he knew me well because I would get his other clients, like you know, maybe a lawyer or. You know, if I had a, a big a legal case to, to talk about and Jim would go, hey, I got this lawyer. He's perfect for your case that you're, you're covering. And I was like, yeah, great. So I put him on. So I had a relationship with Jim. And then Jim one day said, hey, you know, this was UFC 37. He's like, you got you to gotta check out this new UFC. The Izufa, the Fertitta brothers and Danaway bought it. They just bought it. This is like their second promotion, their second card since they bought it. And you really should check it out. So I was like, sure. I just went down with the camera and I checked it out. And then I put a piece together and I put it on the air. Uh, and luckily for me, it, it went over well, but yeah, I mean, I I could have gotten in trouble for that, but I didn't.
2: <laughs> Brilliant. We love kind of those success stories too. It's just kind of do what you need to do. Before we get right out of here, um, I do want to ask you one more fight, like one more question about a fight mm-hmm. coming up, but you get to pick because there's two fights. So the first fight is going to be about Romero versus Nemkov or the second fight, Pitbull versus Pettis. Which one do you want to
0: talk about? Pitbull versus Pettis.
2: All right, Pitbull versus Pettis, coming to this one. Uh, champ versus champ kind of deal. How do you feel about this coming up? Who do you think is going to take it, and what round?
0: Oof. Well, it's definitely going to go to the distance. Okay. You know, I, 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 say, I say that, you know, I, I sounded flippant when I said that, because, you know, Pitbull's got the power to knock out Pettis. Uh, I just think Pettis, is, is, he's too um, wily at this point in his career to get, to get knocked out, I think, early on. I think this one goes the distance. Uh, and I like Pettis. All right. The champ taking it. All right. That's that's what I think. I mean, what do you think?
2: I don't know. I haven't given it much thought. I was looking at it today, and I was like, I kind of want to go. I like to bet wild. By the way, in pro sports podcasters, bet what you can afford to lose. Little thing we throw out there. So sometimes I like to go crazy with this. And this fight, I was going to be like, you know what? I'm going to say it's going to be, I don't know who's going to win, but it's going to be by submission. That's what I was going to put.
1: Submission. Ooh. Just the
2: most red. I don't
1: see that at all. No way. But yeah, you're, you're saying.
0: It's it's yeah. like betting the betting the long shot horse and saying all right it's, I'm going to win the most money if I get it. Of course, he comes in last all the time.
2: But I was going to say, ask Kobe. Sometimes I've actually called it. I've sent yeah, him. Like, he's, yeah,
1: he's hit on some of those <laughs> weird ones. But I I got to agree with you. I got to agree with you, Mike. I like I like Pettis in this fight, and I think Pettis has significantly improved over the last two years. Significantly.
0: Well, that's what I meant about being wily. Now, I, I you know I think he's gotten over the little brother image, and yeah, you know I, I think he's really come into his own. You know. On a totally separate note, uh, I, I always say Dustin Poirier, you know, and there was another fight I was just going to mention, but it just slipped my mind. These guys have come so far. Like, I remember when Dustin was younger, and, I, you know, Sergio's kind of the same way when, you know, they would choke during the big fights. And then, you know, now that they're grown men, they're just beasts, man. And I just love to see it, especially in Poirier's case. Uh, you know, oh, it was um, Oliveira, too. Even okay. Max Holloway.
1: Holloway, I was going to say, yeah.
0: Yeah, and then suddenly they become men, and like they're just badasses. And you know, po- I love Poirier, man. That guy is like one of my favorite Absolutely. fighters in the world. And and I put I put him up there. Like when I say that, I, you know, Anderson is my favorite fighter. Randy's Randy's my favorite fighter. You know, I've got a lot of George St. Pierre. I put Poirier right up there with those guys because I, I think he's got a lot to still a lot has a lot to offer in the sport. You know, I just I, I can't say enough about Jim Miller either, man. What he did on Saturday night at his 42nd UFC fight, 39 yeah. years old, and he's just, he, he's always been a beast, but, you know, it's a shame that, you know, everybody makes money because of their mouth instead of their skill. If you, if you just judge it on skill, man, John Fitch would still be, you know, a UFC fighter for crying Correct. out loud. Correct. You know, John, that was the most, if you want to go back to one of the most egregious cuts I've ever seen in the history of, of MMA was when when John Fitch got cut from UFC and the reason why he got cut was because it was back when uh, EA sports was doing a a UFC game and it was back during the time when, you know, the UFC had uh, perpetual rights to your likeness and your image and you couldn't get paid for it. So Fitch was the only guy that says, I'm not going to, I don't want to be part of that game because I'm not getting paid for it. And then suddenly he got cut, you know? And I was like, I think he was on like a 11 fight win streak when he got cut too. And, And I think he just, maybe he just lost to, to uh, St. Pierre, which was a great fight, by the way. Remember that fight? In, I think yeah. it was in Minnesota. Uh, what a fight that was, man. What a beast, because George beat the living daylights out of him, and he just kept coming. I, I just, uh, yeah, anyhow, I don't even know why that came up. Where, how did that come up?
2: We're just letting Something you uh, roll with it and uh,
1: letting your train come <laughs> <to sorry>. fire. <laughs> <laughs> <It's all
0: good. laughs> no, no, sorry, we're,
1: we're we're talking about fighters who have matured because, like, like, like I agree. Oh yeah, with that's right. Yeah. When when Dustin Poirier came into the UFC, he looked like a little kid, man. Like he, he uh-huh. was not ready <laughs> for the UFC. But you see, so him now. when he, he's completely different.
0: Even when he fought, <laughs> even when he fought the Korean Zombie, like that was his first really big fight, and he choked. And then he fought, you know, Connor. The first time yeah. he fought Connor, he kind of choked. You know, I hate using that word choke because you know Dustin would choke me out in a second. You know what I mean? I, I don't. I don't want to say that guys, a, he's a choker. But you know, when you're younger, you get these nerves, and it's as we all know, it's a mental game, and you have to mature mentally as as much as physically to be a a great fighter. And I think that the time has come for him. I miss those Canadian guys though, man. I miss Sam Stout. I miss Kordeki. Hominick. Uh, Mark Hominick. Oh my god. Remember Hordecki in the IFL? He used to fight Bart Pelashevsky. Is that is that am I going too far back? Do you
1: guys remember that? No, fights? no, I guy the the first group of guys you mentioned, I used to live in Tilsonburg with Pumpkins uh, <laughs> team. Yeah, Sean Sean and I were great friends. I
0: mean, I was I used to call him my work wife. Like every you know, I was living in Manhattan and traveling to UFC fights in Vegas all the time and Sean, you know he had Vito Belfort, he had Randy, he had all those guys from Canada. So he was almost on every card, you know. And every card, I, I loved it. Yeah, <laughs> I love that guy, man. I really loved him, man. He was such a great guy. Rest in peace. Yeah, buddy. I even I spoke at his funeral uh, up in uh, London, Ontario, and I just, man, I just, uh, I miss him a lot. But, but I do like I. Sam Stout was another. Oh, I got a great story about Sam Stout. We were in Denver. I think it was Frankie was fighting. No, uh, yeah, I think Frankie was fighting. Uh, Gray Mater, maybe that was Houston. Whatever, doesn't matter. Uh, Sam Stout is such a good-looking dude. So we're walking down the street, me Sam, me Sam Stout, and and Sean Tompkins, and there's three women sitting at an outdoor like cafe, and they just stopped eating. As Sam walked by, <laughs> and I looked at Sam, I'm like, I go, did you see that? And without missing a beat, he goes, I look right through their souls, Straka. <laughs> and I just laughing. I mean, you guys know what Sam's style looks like. I imagine him at 155, you know, and caught ripped that he was walking with no shirt on, and these women just literally dropped their forks. They were like, oh my God, as he walked by. It was hilarious. Anyway, yeah. <laughs> I think it was Denver. I don't know why I think it was Denver, but... Because Frankie fought Maynard in Houston, right? Oh, it doesn't matter.
2: doesn't matter. I don't really remember. I, I,
0: There's so many. I've been in so many fights. I, I get, they, all, they all mesh together with me right now. That's right. That's totally I fair. I mean, for, 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 uh, Mike, yeah, for a minute, I thought you were t- – yeah, go ahead.
2: No, I was going to say, before we get you out of here, there's a few things we want to quickly ask real quick. Uh, first one, yep. since you were in Canada, have you ever had a poutine before? Uh, no, I haven't. Okay. Do you know what it is? Isn't it a beaver tail? That's actually my next question. But a poutine is uh, fries, cheese curds, and gravy. That's their traditional uh, traditional oh, dish. No, you can no. spice it up. Oh okay, no, never. Really? Had well, it. You, you got to try it when you come back to the Great White. Are party. you
1: vegan? No. Okay.
0: <laughs> no. <laughs> I mean, I'm, ve- I'm vegan in one in one aspect of my life, but that's not, <laughs> that's about it.
2: <laughs> well then.
0: Anyway, <laughs> yeah. um,
2: have you had a beaver tail before?
0: No, never had a beaver tail. Do you know what it is? Never. Ah, uh, no, okay. I don't. I mean, I assume it's a beaver tail. It's like when you say, uh, uh, what is it? The oysters?
1: <laughs> prairie, prairie oyster?
0: Yeah, prairie oyster, yeah.
1: <laughs> anyway,
0: no, what's, what's, a, what's a beaver tail?
2: So a beaver tail is a dessert. It usually comes from randomly like a truck. I don't know why this is like the, the best ones are served from trucks. It's really weird. And it's just deep fried dough that's kind of in the shape of a beaver tail or like an elongated piece of bread, if you will. And it has mm-hmm. whatever you want it to be. It can be like blueberry pie. You can add like Nutella and bananas to it. It could be like peanut butter and whatever. It's so good.
0: We call them Zapolis in New York or funnel cakes.
1: Zapolis. Funnel cake is similar. Yeah. It's similar. Yeah. yeah it's we Zipoli, have sort
0: of it's too, is. Yeah. It's just deep, deep fried dough and you know, you put powdered sugar on it and then you could, you know, put any kind of, you know, compote you want on it. You know, I, my extent of Canada, my Canada extent is just going to UFC fights. So, I mean, uh, it got to the point where even the, even the guys at customs would know, oh, oh, there must be a fight, you know, <laughs> this guy's back. <laughs> but that's, oh, that's the only time I've been to Canada. I've, I've never gone just for fun. Ah, uh, you really got to come vacay. I'd love to, man. I, I love ca- Canadians are great people, man. I just, I've, I've always had great experiences with Canadian guys. And girls, obviously.
2: That, that warms our heart to an extent. You have no idea. <laughs> all
0: right, man. Well, guys, thanks so much for having me. I know I'm a little verbose and I go off topic a little bit, so
1: sorry about We're that. We're totally cool with that, man. The stories, the stories make it, right? That's what it's all about. Thanks for tuning into the podcast. For even more of your favorite sports content, be sure to visit the website, www.prosportspodcasters.com. On our website, you will find our sports blog, full podcast library, access to our
2: YouTube channel, and deals from our affiliate partners.
1: You can also sign up to become a PSP Insider and get exclusive access to our insider tips, sponsor giveaways, and insider newsletter. So don't miss out on the full Pro Sports Podcasts experience, where no sport is left behind.